Hey, welcome to the Mission Manhood Podcast, where strong, healthy, mature masculinity is celebrated and encouraged. My name is Angela Abide. I am a woman, a mother, and a mental health professional. I'm really glad that you're here, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, I'm glad you're here. This is the second part of my conversation with Tom Gentry, and we talk about the challenges of emerging men, like young men becoming, the value of elders, the importance of brotherhood, and the role of the feminine and the value of older women. We talk about some of the perceived problems or challenges of men's work in general, And that includes things like absolutes and being so masculine and solar that you forget that there's also a counterforce, the feminine, the moon, the mystery. And it's when we can learn to dance between the masculine and the feminine that we can really be healthy and whole. At one point, Tom asked me what I thought about like the Andrew Tate types And that led to a a great conversation about these absolutes and the statistics and the difference between the high-value men type or the high-value men club and the kingdom seekers. They're both pursuing similar things. One group is doing it in in a worldly way. And without that higher calling or deeper consciousness or seeking of the kingdom, it's not ever going to get them where they want to go. As I said in the previous episode, it's just such a treat to be able to talk to someone freely and openly. And I really appreciate Tom for giving me this opportunity. Emerging adult males are profoundly lost oh yeah they are and it's that really just breaks my heart like for me i was lost in certain ways like i didn't have the skills to navigate through my emotions and so i drank it because that's what all the guys in my life did that's what they did and nearly drank myself to death by the time i was 23 Um, but I still had so much direction. I had things I was interested in. I had things I loved. And so when it came time to become sober and stay that way, there were things I wanted to do with my life. And as it pertains to addiction, the onset of use is so much younger now than it used to be. And not just hard drugs. And that I encounter a lot of young guys who they don't even know what they like because they haven't had an opportunity to develop their personality because by the time that stuff starts to happen, they're already getting high. There's all that. And then that's not even to mention the porn addiction that's happening at epidemic levels. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I've touched on that on the podcast some. Yeah, yeah. It's a really bad problem. It is. And I meet guys who, if I was their age, I'd be dying to lose my virginity. 
they haven't, and there's no sense of urgency, and their whole, the whole paradigm for that part of their life is just so different. That the porn really messes with desire and that mm-hmm. burning that a man feels like he has to satisfy. And I think about my father growing up in the 50s and they would get dressed up and they knew that they had to look good and they did their hair and they put on the clean jeans and it was just a game. They all went out to the local places and met up with the girls and they were all playing this little game. And uh, if you got told no, your only option was to approach another woman. And now if you dare venture out or maybe text somebody don't even get in close contact and you're told no, it might send you in a spiral for a month where you go watch violent porn toward women because you're so angry that you got rejected. It's, we've set ourselves up in a really, really terrible place and it's messing with the, the natural instincts that, that men and women have. So Yeah, but I do feel like on some level the answer's all the same for all this stuff. If, if you can nurture a good relationship with yourself, and that's where all the healing starts. Yeah. Uh. I use internal family systems therapy a lot, and so they use the self, which some people might call the spirit. So if you think of it like in terms of body, mind, and spirit, you could use self as well. But self is, it's uncorrupted and incorruptible. It's the source. And Mm. if you can learn to live there and to be aware of your emotions and be the observer, I think that's one main thing that we don't teach people is that there's the known, like what we can see, what we're taking in our brain like a computer. There's the unknown, which is like our unconsciousness or these crazy emotions that pop up. And then there's the knower or the observer. And the reason that you discipline your mind and discipline your body is to make space for the self or the knower. And Mm. to your point, when you've done that or when you do that, when you stop numbing and stop drinking or stop watching porn and get yourself to a point where you're satisfied with yourself and happy and feel like you're going somewhere, and you're operating from that deeper level of consciousness, that self, and you're being a good mother and a good father to yourself, you're nurturing yourself and you're providing structure and order for yourself, that's when you can really, on most days, look in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm satisfied. And we're not telling people that. We're not telling people about that. No, no. That's one of the things I want to do. Just keep ringing that bell. <laughs> it's it's. I do a men's group once a week, and and it's just it's been great. Like really, the one requirement I've had of all of them is if you're gonna do this, you're gonna be committed to it. Most men's groups they might last six weeks, twelve weeks, and that's it. Yeah. But we need each other. We need each other. And the kind of stuff, I was talking to one of the guys in the group early this morning who's been going through just one of the most difficult challenges in close interpersonal relationships you can possibly imagine. It's been 
an endurance thing that's been going on and on and he just keeps showing up as the best man he possibly can not perfect but the best he can and week after week he comes to us and we're there with him yeah. and uh, and it's that's it's a such a gift that's what we need more of that and it, it feels weird being my age because I'm not the exactly the elder yet but um I work with yeah. a lot of younger guys and then I have yeah. some guys who are right around my age but they don't have quite the experience I've had or whatever and but it just all of its magic really and one of the things I had to learn the hard way is that the kind of support that we need as men we can't expect our partners to be everything for us it's too much to ask of one human being and as guys we're not good at having real intimate relationship with other men the friendships that we have are usually about attending sporting events or something like that. The conversation doesn't go very deep. And then we rely on our spouse for practically everything. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. There were a couple of things there. I don't know if you remember in the episode with Traver where I was telling him I love that he's pulling in the elders. And when I say it's time for you to go be with the men you wanting to have all kind of men, not just men your own age, but mm-hmm. you'll encounter men that you can offer something to because you're two steps ahead of them, or you'll have a guy that's three steps ahead of you, and then you'll have the father who's way down the road that you glean wisdom from, and then beyond that, like you said, the elder. And that's what we're missing too. We've, we're starting to be like everyone is equal. And while that's true, I think we have equal rights but that experience is worth so much and if you can find people at different stages of their journey it's such a blessing to be able to serve and give back and then it's also a blessing to receive and that's what you get from a rich brotherhood I think another thing that I've learned through all this and Robert Bly talks about this too is that Younger men need admiration and love from older men. Yeah, they do. We do. And and that's something that I've learned to just show up with mm-hmm. younger guys. And there's one young guy who comes to mind who was celebrating a milestone in recovery like three years and asked me to come to it. and. One of the things he reminded me of is how I told him he was a good man and that I just spoke that into him. Yeah. And we need that. We need that. And for me, I had so many guys who were doing the opposite. The abuse of older brother and yeah. my dad was pretty angry, good man and all that. But, you know, I mean, he wasn't emotionally literate. He was yeah. jammed up. and. So I had to get that from the high school teacher, the editor, people like that who gave me that kind of love and admiration and believed in me. We need that. Yeah. You said you can't 
get everything you need from your spouse or your wife. And I think that is true. And that's back to that narrow lane that I feel like I have. There are times that a man, especially when he's doing his inner healing, if he's dealing with a mother wound or something from the past, there's something really powerful about being witnessed by an older woman. Mm. Um, And having that same kind of, you're good. I'm seeing you, I'm observing you, I bless you. And it's something that they almost need to get out and get going on their journey. It can be really powerful. And that's not something that your wife can necessarily even have the experience or knowledge to hold the space for. She hasn't been there. Yeah. And what you're saying about being witnessed by an older woman, for me, I've always been really open to therapy. And most of my recovery, if I wasn't actively in therapy, I at least had someone I could call or, but I went a number of years just knowing I needed somebody different and keeping my eyes open for who that person was. And it's a, it was a woman and I found her and I just, I knew I could talk to her about love and that she wouldn't judge me. That's really what it was. She wouldn't tell me there was something wrong with me or that I was codependent or she wouldn't label me. She'd hear me. And what I got from that, ultimately, I had a great mom. We were close. She was a great matriarch in so many ways. But none of our parents are perfect. They don't give us everything we deserve always. Yeah. And, and the things that I didn't get from her, I've gotten from this therapist. She was that maternal sort of energy for me and gave me just the parts of it that I didn't get from my mom. I've had that experience so often and it just might be a season. It might mm-hmm. not be, I'm your end all be all therapist forever. Maybe it's a few months or maybe it's a year, but that's another thing back to the men's movement that I think is a real disservice is these absolutes. You can't go see a female therapist or you can't have a female friend or you can't. And I get sometimes there's a lot of good reasoning behind or maybe be careful if you see a female therapist, I can get that because some of them might, to your point, try to label you or just make something out of a really normal thing that happened. So I do think you need to be careful who you pick, but mm. all these absolutes just keep people locked up and not able to get the help and the things that they need sometimes. What I think of when you bring that up is Pia Melody's work around codependency. She talks about uh, one of the core symptoms as the inability to experience one's reality moderately. Everything's black and white. Yeah. And that's not how life works. The good stuff's in the gray areas. It is. It's also when the men's groups are just masculine, you're leaving off half of reality. And so if we're celebrating the sun and we're not ever talking about the moon, the moon's crazy. I never know what time it's going to rise. Sometimes it's half there. Sometimes it's, that's the mystery. That's the darkness. That's the other half of reality. And when we talk about the night, 
that killed the dragon. Why did he do that? To save the damsel, mm -hmm. to save the beauty and the mystery. And if we only are focusing on one side of it, if we're not dancing, we're not going to be as healthy mm -hmm. as we could be. I mentioned never date a feminist. I've seen never take her back if she breaks up with you, ever. Never, yeah. ever give someone a second chance. Never date a woman with kids. Never date a woman with kids. There's so many rules, right? There really are. There really and are. They wonder why everybody's drinking themselves or just sitting in their basement watching pornography. It's too hard. Yeah. Yeah, and it just, it, what do you think about all the Andrew Tate stuff? That high value man thing, I don't know if that's what you mean. I don't like that term. I don't. I'm, but uh, I feel like this is the way I look at the Andrew Tate club, and I'm just including all those like high value men type. And there's a lot of absolutes in that. That's where the guys are like body count. They quote a lot of statistics. Well, statistically speaking, to me, that self, that spiritual element, that uncorrupted, incorruptible essence that we all have is something deeper. And so when you are in touch with that and you're going on that journey, you're seeking the kingdom. You're seeking something different. And that's at a meta level, which we've really lost sight of in the last 500 years with the bursting on the scenes of scientific knowledge. We exalt that so highly, what we can know. So we've lost sense of the mystery. And so when the knights would go off to battle, they would take the handkerchief of the lady. They knew why they were doing what they were doing for truth and beauty. I feel like these guys are trying to replicate something similar on a really carnal level. Hmm. So they don't have the mystery of the self. They're trying to do it on the level of the world or on the mind or the scientific level. Hmm. And it's not ever going to get you the same results. Yeah. So it's going to leave people empty. Like I'm going to get this hot chick that all my bros are going to be really impressed with. But the way I got her was I was at the top of the dominance hierarchy. And the minute I fall down one step, she's going to go to the guy ahead of me. And they'll say this, but they're not getting the message that there's something maybe wrong with our system. Right. Maybe we need to go to a different system of trying to be righteous. And I know that word's really loaded, but it's a deeper level. It's a deeper meaning. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? And I know why I am. We're dying to feel connected. Yeah. So why don't we figure out, instead of trying to create all these rules of how we're going to, we need to do it this way and that way, and if she doesn't do this, then I'm gone. How about you just try to connect with another human being? How about yeah. that? Why don't we focus on that? Why don't we focus on who she is as a human being and having a quality relationship with this other human being? rather than being fixated on how she may or may not categorize me. Yeah, and in fairness, there are some really worldly women. And when I say that, I mean, they're just not seeking that deeper level of consciousness, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're playing a game. They want to win, too. So if you mess with those women, 
you're going to have to abide by the rules of that game. Yeah. And to me, the rules of the kingdom, if you're pursuing as a man excellence, if you're seeking to become the humble, benevolent king, if you're seeking to become the disciplined warrior, if you're seeking to become the magician who shares his secret knowledge to make the world a better place, if you're seeking to become a lover, then you're going to attract a woman who's seeking to become a queen and a warrior in her own right and a magician and a lover. And you two can build your kingdom together. Yeah. So it depends on the quality of who you're becoming and it depends on the quality of the person that you're picking. And I think a lot of men and pornography plays into this and that high value men stuff plays into this. They're letting their pecker do the picking like the millionaire matchmaker used to say. And they're not taking their mind and who feeds my mind and who feeds my soul and who am I also sexually attracted to? Just who's going to impress the guys and put me at the top of the dominance hierarchy? It's also what do I need to do to be a complete happy human being on my own? Yes. So that I'm in the right frame of mind and I'm looking for the right things and I'm attracting just like you said. That's been my experience at this point in my life, being in a relationship with someone who I would have never had the ability to connect with the way yes. I can. I, there's just no way, not even four or five years ago. It's your individual pursuit of excellence. You're going deeper. You're becoming a good mother and father to yourself. You're looking at what you didn't get from your mother and father and you're trying to provide that for yourself you're doing the work that you need to do and so you're attracting a woman who's probably very like that she's doing her yeah. own work and that pursuit of excellence will never be the wrong move if you're no. becoming a man that you can look in the mirror and be satisfied with that's really the key and for me it's the only thing that works yeah, it is. And it started, this is where my alcoholism, our brokenness, becomes our strength if we allow it to. And uh, Richard Rohr talks about, um, and this is where we don't look at the meta stuff in life. Mm -hmm. In life, we all have ascents and descents. And I was at my descent at that time in my life and yeah. and there would have been no ascent if there wasn't for the descent and one of the things he says that i love you mentioned mystery and i think about a lot of the messages that men get like from pop psychology sort of stuff the things we say aren't really messages that are going to resonate with guys. But I think vulnerability is the big example of that to me. When we're, we use that expression, what we really are asking the person to do is to summon their courage to be real. Mm -hmm. That a guy can hear, yeah. but you need to be vulnerable. I mean, every day, guys saying they want you to be like women that's why they say that and one of the things Richard Rohr and he was talking specifically about religion and why women are more engaged in religion at this time in our history 
far more than men. And he said, it's about naming the mystery of human transformation in a language that grabs the souls of men. Mm. And that's what I want to do. I want to fire guys up to go be the best men that they can be and to recuperate their vitality that they lost from numbing themselves systematically, you know? So, oh man, I've really, really really enjoyed this. I feel like we could go on and on talking to you about all this stuff that I get super excited about. Yeah. To me, connecting with somebody who wants to talk about deeper things is such a treat and it's such a rare occurrence these days. And being able to just hold the space and allow each other to speak. We don't have to necessarily agree 100% on everything, but it's just really delightful. And I thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Angela. Have a good night.